0: Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Tree Top Chat. This is episode 35, so we're, we're hoping that everyone is fine and you had a good start of the year. Um, um, we had a bit of an extra session uh, on uh, Sunday with uh, Ghislaine uh, from France. I was the first guest from France, uh, from Toulouse. It was a very interesting conversation. We heard some some fun stories and uh, got some good insights to what's happening down in, in the southern part of France. So. If you missed that episode, uh, and others for that matter, check him out on our uh, uh, area on on, uh, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Pods, you can see them all there. So, uh, a Torsal Burger ambassador namely Rick Riley, uh, who is an Arborist from the US. This is our first guest from the US. Uh, He's known for his uh, inspirational Yet entertaining and informative content. So uh, it's a very interesting story, which we believe it uh, will be of value to many. So, as usual, if you have any questions at all for Brick or us, um, you know, leave them in the question forum, and we will uh, take it uh, in the end. Hey, Brick. Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm good. You're you're upside down.
1: Oh, right. Hold on. Let me. Uh. One second. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's I'm tech- <laughs> yeah, I'm not tech savvy. I'm working on it.
0: Cool. How are
1: you? Um, how how does sound? Uh,
0: it's good. It's good. It's good. Okay. Hi. Right. Yeah. You doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm um, perfect. You know, it's fine. It's just uh, we have a lot of snow here. Uh, it's a little cold, but you know, we probably have like uh, I don't know five inches of snow or something.
1: It's pretty decent. Yeah, we we um. We have a cold snap in now, right now, with the wind chill outside. It's five degrees. And then we have snow coming on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Oh. Yeah. So
0: where where are you based?
1: You, I'm you, New are Jersey. you in Jersey? Uh, yeah, United States, yeah.
0: On yeah, yeah, I East know. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, the other side of the river, huh? We say it again? You're on the other side of the river. Uh, from oh, the yeah, Big well, Apple. I always
1: hear the other side of the pond.
0: <laughs> pond.
1: The pond, yeah. I haven't heard the river yet, but I heard the pond.
0: Well, I'm, I'm talking about the river. Yeah. The, the burr Springsteen River. The oh, separate see, jersey there, from New York.
1: Well, listen, if you're going to make musical reference, I, I, I literally cannot help you with that. I have no... Okay. Like, I love music, but I don't have a, a good, um like... um. A base where I can relate everything to. So whatever okay. your song you, I know Bruce Springsteen, but I don't know the songs.
0: okay, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm familiar with New Jersey because you know my my cousins grew up there.
1: Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. What, where in, about?
0: In Boonton.
1: Oh yeah. So that's probably uh, I could get there maybe like 20 minutes. um, going okay. up, um It's 287, but 20
0: minutes from here. Okay, well, I haven't been there in about, I don't know, 30 years, maybe?
1: <laughs> Th- things have changed since then.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, you know, they're they're spread all over the U.S. right now, So uh, and one is actually in Switzerland, so. That's
1: cool. That's awesome. Cool. Yeah. I, I noticed, I uh, listened to a couple other podcasts, and I've noticed that you are uh, well-traveled, so it's pretty cool that you've been to a lot of places over the years.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I've been to a lot of places in the U.S. as well. Uh, some people say that I've probably been to more states than the, the most common Americans. True, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Uh, it's, it's probably fifteen or something. I don't know, twenty maybe.
1: That's awesome.
0: Okay, cool. So let's start with a bit of a standard question here. You know, how did you end up in the in the art industry?
1: So um, there's it, in my mind, there's two um, like a pair of glasses, and you look through one lens, and that lens looks like a basic. Kid who went to college um, had a hard time in school and then dropped out, and was trying to figure out what to do with his life, and liked the idea of climbing trees and got into the tree industry. But there's a deeper level, which is the other lens, is that same kid who had a, a tough time in college. is me, obviously, but I was born deaf, and. When, and when I mean deaf, I don't like, I know I can speak, so I think a lot of people misunderstand that because I can speak, that it might not be that bad. But I was born profoundly deaf, which basically means I cannot hear anything if I don't have uh, my cochlear implant on or before it was hearing aids. So, um, you, you know, going through that journey in life in general, I, I've had great family. Great teachers, great role models to guide me in the direction that I needed to go. They they set up the perfect guardrails. Like go do this direction, go this way, and you'll be successful. You'll be able to uh, achieve whatever you would like to do. And I did that. I I was I was what you know kind of. For me, it sounds really strange to say it, but I was a good follower. I was never a leader. I never. Uh, I was introverted. I was. You know, I I was always a kid that was behind my mom. You know, my mom would always speak for me. Um, And as long as, you know, I did certain things, it was like, you'll be fine. So I did those things the best I could. I followed what they said um, and it got me to college. But when I got to college, the whole point of college is that you're supposed to be a young adult and be able to advocate for yourself. But with my hearing, I was also a little bit like somewhat ashamed. You know what I mean? Like a shame. Like I didn't really want to mm-hmm. ask for help because I wanted to like just be myself and those guardrails weren't there anymore. So while it was awesome to be free really quickly in, inside of a year, really quickly, my academic abilities went down really, really okay. fast. So we got to a point where I was essentially in in, in a very dark place, you know, very, you know, um, Uh, I can't do anything, I don't feel like I can, I I can't push through. Um, I just ended up in a really dark place and I had to make the decision that it was better to go home than try to keep pushing through and in in my mind suffer more. Um, So I went home and when I went home it it was like the typical thing, what do you do? I don't have, I don't have a a degree, I don't have a job, I don't have anything. luckily i have a good family that's always like thinking of creative ways to help each other out and my aunt actually called the deaf and hard of hearing school that i went to when i was a kid when i was uh you know like between th- i went there when I, I think i got there when i was four years old but as a four and a five and uh, four and five year old it's a school where you learn how to speak it's listening and spoken language so she called the executive director of that place and they set up an interview with me. I, okay. But the idea was the interview, I, I believe the interview was more of like, knock some sense into him, make him go back to school because it's the best thing for him. But long story short is I ended up working there as a teacher assistant with deaf and hard of hearing kids that were between the ages of three and six years old. It was, okay. So it was the first time in my life that I got to be around other people like me but now here I am, 19, 20 years old, hanging out with three to six year olds. The only time I actually felt like I was connected is to somebody else who had hearing loss.
0: Yeah, and but you know, for me, it sounds like, you know, you said you were a follower, but you know, in, in that instance, you became a leader.
1: Not yet, not, not quite yet. I became, <laughs> I, I, um, I love to tell the story because I finally felt like I was home. You know, I was home. Now, the, the this um, extra part of that lens, is when I was a kid. You know, we. My be, my favorite thing is that everybody has a story about when they climbed trees when they were little, right? Uh, even yeah, even people that, that people are not in the industry. You could literally go outside and talk to anybody on the street and be like, "Hey, did you climb a tree when you were a kid?" And they'll be like, "Oh yeah, you know, I had this tree <laughs> in my you know my uncle's yard, and and there's some sort sort of story where we can all relate to, right?" Yeah. So the thing The thing is for me, though, it was actually an escape from the heavy, sad feeling that I would have not being able to hear, so yeah, we all went out, we all had fun, but I was actually escaping. I was getting something out of that experience so when when we started getting older into grade school and high school, everybody stopped doing that i didn't i and i'm I'm talking about climbing without you know ropes or a harness. I didn't know anything about it yet but I've started getting a little bit more bold and adventurous with kind of like, almost like an adrenaline junkie, junkie, like seeking for that like thrill. Yeah. Um, because again, like it gave me a sense that I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was a deaf person struggling to make it in the hearing society. I felt like uh, I was accomplishing something and I was, you know, I got, I got little doses of like um, achievements and, I, and then I would be able to go back to school, to situations where I had to struggle again. So every time I could escape to that, I did it. Now we get to, uh, and you know, uh, what I just said before about I went to college, I was still doing it in college too, but now I can't stay there because academically I just let everything fall off. Now now I'm working with these deaf and hard of hearing kids, three to six years old. And like you said, might it looks like I might've been a leader. I wasn't a leader yet. But then I um, one of my camping trips that I went on, I was doing the same thing in the woods, climbing trees um, like, the, um, you know, when a tree uproots and it lands into another tree huh? and it could be up at like, a, you know, depending on the degree, but it could be like a 45 degree angle into another tree. I would go up those and then be about, you know, 50, 60 feet in the air. I would jump from that tree to the next tree. That would be depend, but, you know, five or 10 feet away. Again, no, no harness, no ropes. Um, um, wow. I don't know. Uh, the, we have our chestnut oak trees here. Uh, I think they're also known as rock oak. With are like really deep. Um, I guess they're called um, like, they're like deep cracks in the bark. I would, I would climb like a monkey. I would stick my fingers in there and then use my feet sideways and climb it like a pole. Get to the top branch of 20, 30 feet and then keep climbing up there. Free climbing. Normal. Right. I don't, like I I, like. I said, I was getting something out of it, but I never looked at it as I was endangering myself.
0: Which which age was this? How how old were you when you were doing this? Uh, Well,
1: I've been, like I said, I've been doing it. It just, it got bolder and bolder, but I never stopped. So at this time when I was on a camping trip with this person was, uh, I was, I just started working at Summit speech school with the deaf kids. Uh, So I want to say this was 2000, 2001. So I was 20. 19, 20 years, let's say 20 years old. So this person, I I get down, go back over where all my buddies are hanging out. And then this other person who I've never met before saw me do what I just did. And, you know, older person, respectful. And uh, I put my hearing aid back on and he came up to me and I I, almost verbatim. I remember he's like, that was really cool, but not uh, not safe. I'm like, oh, I understand, but that's what I do. Like, I, you know, he said, well, you know that you can get a job where you can use ropes and harness and you'll get paid for it. Honest to, honest to God, I thought he was crazy. I never, <laughs> like, I, yeah, no point in my life did I, I might have seen the, you know, tree service trucks, you know, bucket trucks, but I never connected it, to that it was tree work. I'd never seen a person climb a tree with ropes. It was always like, it's just something I did so I can get a, a good feeling so I can go back to de- having a tough time in life. So I went home from that camping trip. I um, went on the computer. I did some research on horticulture and arboriculture came up. From that day on, I was obsessed, obsessed. I was like, I got it. Like, I, I know what I'm going to do now. Like, I'm not sure wh- what I have to do. Who do I have to talk to um, if I could even do it? But I just know that I need to be a tree climber. This is going to be my job. Um, to, to the point, I even have like kind of a cheesy story. Um, I actually to the point that every time I would go hiking or, you know, climbing the trees, tree climbing, I would always leave behind with a marker. I would put T.C. Indigo Star. And like <laughs> it's cheesy. It's a name I gave myself. It's something I just believed in. I was like, I believe that I'm going to be a tree climber. And Indigo store is just a name I came up with, with creative you know, ideas and stuff. And right. I would leave that as a mark, you know, marking everywhere, you know, on, on uh, rock faces, on tree barks, uh, on camping trips, hiking. And it was just an obsession. Um, again, same thing with family and friends. Um, I, I, I spoke about this. So I would tell people, you know, this is what, this is what I'm going to do. I, I have no idea how I'm, I'm going to get there. I don't know who, who does it or anything like that. Um, And then actually a friend of mine, a friend of mine's uncle was retiring from a municipality of the Shade Tree Department there. So he said, hey, there's an opening. Go put an application in. So I went to the uh, Union County, um, which is part of New Jersey, but Union County DPW, uh, Department of Public Works Shade Tree Division, and I put an application in and Everything I just told you right now, the story I t- told that story to the executive director of that place, and i don't know if i you know I look back on it i don't know if like he was moved by the stories uh he believed me or he maybe he thought I was crazy and I belong in the trees I'm not really sure how it worked out, but literally <laughs> I got hired uh, two weeks later and started working there um, so that's like the official way I got into the industry i uh, was i always, for me, it was always an escape in a good way. I never let it go. And then it came to a point where you become a young adult and you, you have to have a job. You gotta do something. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it just all seemed to fit together.
0: Cool. But, that's, that's, that's very interesting. Thank you. Uh, I, I haven't met
1: anybody else with the same kind of story or background. So, no, absolutely
0: uh, not, you know, uh, that, that was, uh, I, I never heard anything close to that, so, uh, you know, that was, that was very interesting, thanks for sharing that, that, uh, was, uh, you're welcome. that was very nice. But you also use the, the the term industrial athlete, and, and, you know, you seem to be a quite heavy fitness guy, so you're, after, you know, quite often working out using unconventional equipment and, and such things, so tell us, you know, what that really means and, you know, what an industrial athlete means.
1: So um, le- so let me give, a, I'll be able to, to jump off the previous story that I just told. One of the things that my whole life was my body was able to get me to a place where I felt a sense of relief, right? Climbing trees. Yeah. So when I left college and I was at home and I was in that like dark mental space and trying to figure things out, um, the the... It's crazy because the first thing I thought of was like, and it sounds kind of gory, but I take my skin off, I rip off the muscles and tendons, I break my bones. What what do I got? Like it's me. I'm here. Okay, I'm home. Now I have to get a job. I have to do this. I get that. But how do I get there? And everything was always like your body, your body. You you take care of your body. It's not about how long you can live, but it's like how. Fully, you can live in the time that you're here. So from that moment on, I mean, I literally just got, I got my mom's car. I went right to, um, it's called Barnes and Nobles. It's a bookstore. And I was in, i I'm probably all day, maybe six hours. in the, um, it was actually, um, I think it was labeled as sports and fitness section. And I was just going uh-huh. through all the different sports and people, uh, techniques, styles, and everything, just trying to figure out like, I know what I want to do, but how do I start? Who do I follow? And um, Bruce Lee. Everybody knows who Bruce Lee is. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Bruce Lee, he uh, there was um, kind of like a volume. I had like I think it was five books. I took all five of them. I took them home, and then that was like that was essentially the base, the beginning of what I I didn't know it at the time, but it was the beginning of being an industrial athlete. So from that point on, I went through a, a lot of trial and errors as far as learning about what fitness is. And t- today I can tell you that fitness is not just about how, how you can build your body and look good, even though that's a great benefit. Um, what, you know, what I found is, and, and I've studied, I, again, I'm not reinventing the wheel. These, these are things that people have done studies and came, up, um, you know, came out with. And it just comes down to that it's, it's the it's the muscles strength it's endurance it's mobility mm-hmm. flexibility um, balance, and all of these incorporate so well into what you know tree climbers do you know because yeah, we 're yeah. climbing an, an organism that is multi-dimensional space that does not give you a level ground to stand on you know so we yeah. Most people, I would assume most people look at us like, oh, that's, you know, it's amazing. I don't know how you're doing. It's like, well, tree climbing, there's really nothing better than tree climbing to know how to tree climb. But you want to get better. You want to last longer. You want to um, have enough energy after you're done with work and still go home and spend time with your family, friends, children, and stuff like that. That's where the industrial athlete really came, you
0: know, to the forefront. And yeah that requires endurance yeah say it again yeah that certainly requires endurance you know endurance to, to be able to continue after after you know having that exactly
1: having it. yeah exactly so i i really um took that to heart you know like w- you know i started with it and then it became this thing where like okay like it's it's, it's lining up to what uh to what to with what i do now um and then the you know, like you said, the unconventional aspects of uh, you know, like you'll see I love it because it's almost the same idea as like it's unconventional to climb a tree. Right? I mean, yeah, if you think about it, it's like you're you're climbing something that just has a wicky shape to it. Uh, you know, every tree is different. Nothing's ever the same. Uh it's unconventional to climb um rock, you know, rock faces. You know, it's people climbing uh arrow capitan. Like it's unconventional. Yeah. So It made sense to me to start experimenting with the the fundamentals of working out, you know, the basic, you know, working out bodybuilding style to start incorporating it to an unconventional way with um, objects or things in nature. Because I look at tree climbing the same way, but it's not, it's unconventional, but I'm able to do it. So I want anything any training that I do I want to try to make it weird and uncomfortable and different so that it feels the same way when I go into the trip.
0: Okay, that's the reason. Yeah. Yeah. So so you know since you've been you know reading a lot of you know Bruce Lee and uh, you know were you after kind of you know his his you know mindset in in that aspect or do you practice any martial arts or stuff like that as well? So
1: I do uh so my my brother he's um He's 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 um he's really good as a martial artist. He's he's got his own school. It's a rute uh, He's phenomenal. And I I I have a, a bad habit since the, like I look at this. I look at tree climbing. Um, and you know, as an art, that is my martial art.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: So the the my brother does that, and I and I I dabble. I'll, I'll, every now and then, I'll be in there and I'll be out. I'll be in, and I I uh, respect it, I honor it, I appreciate it. It's a great um, a great way to connect the mind and body. Um, so I like in a way, I'm not a great student of the martial arts. I'm a lover of it, but I also look at tree climbing as a martial art. So when I talk to him and some of his um, um, his teachers in his school. We, it's really cool to see the parallels between tree climbing and um practicing your kata and understanding your the space that you're in in relation to the enemy so yeah. it's, it's really i think it's way closer than most people think it is
0: yeah I th- you know i think you, you talked about you know uh in, in the beginning as well that you were doing a lot of hiking you know when you were younger um, you know, you also seem to be very good with, you know, bow and arrow is, is, you know, do you hunt with it or did that kind of, you know, interest develop as you were, you were out hiking and stuff?
1: So the bow, bow and arrow literally just, um, on my brother-in-law just put one together uh, with my dimension, but put one together of all polish that he had and, um, I'm trying to remember, on Christmas Day, he gave it to me. I had to wait for my target to come in. I think it was the following Wednesday. So I literally just started essentially the beginning of the new year. So never, never shot before. Um, he told me, he was kind of, he's like a good coach. He told me, you know, what YouTube video to watch, uh, what, what, I'm, what I'm looking for as far as how to shoot it. Um, and very similar to everything I just said about martial arts and tree climbing. There's a lot, if you're really good and pay attention to your mind, more than just your body alone, it's a good, um, it's another art, the art of archery. It's another good place for somebody who enjoys that mental challenge. So I literally just started the beginning of the year. Um, I'm pretty much, Almost every day, making sure I can at least shoot one round, um, but the passion for archery, I want to say, probably around the time maybe a little bit before I got into tree climbing, so I'm, I'm in my nineteenth year now, so in that whole time, I've always wanted to to do archery, but it's always been you know way on the back burner Never. you know, and then in one of my posts that I just did on Instagram. You'll see me throwing the spear, and the the whole point of the spear thing is it comes from the same thing of like the martial art, the the warrior. Like, if if God forbid the world gets all a little too crazy and we need to find your own food, what are we gonna do? You know, and okay. that that's the kind of mindset that I, I'm always operating on. And I once agree. I posted that spear throwing one, that's when my a bunch. First of all, I want to say thank you to a lot of people that reached out and offered. To help or even their bows in general, which is awesome. And one of them being my brother in law. And once you put it together, it's it, it's just like perfect timing um, where it, it's the same enjoyment as tree climbing is.
0: Yeah. I thought, you know, I thought that kind of interest developed because, you know, I remember, you know, you said that you, if you ask people on the street and, you know, uh, everybody says that, you know, they were climbing trees as a kid. Yeah, and I certainly did as well. But you know, I, I, when when we were around, running around in the woods, you know, you find a you know a piece of branch and a string, and you make yourself uh, a bow, right? And you you were cutting yourself a little arrow, and you were you know running around and playing like you know in the woods with with uh, with those. So I thought you know maybe maybe that interest kind of developed as you were running I, around, much I, I will
1: I will say this. I'm glad you said that, and I will say this. I am still that kid. Okay. So, so essentially, that is what happened. I'm just older in the body. But I'm still that yeah. kid. That's why yeah. I'm throwing the
0: spirit. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, your your Instagram bio, um, um, you know, says that, you know, you're a writer to author. You know, what have you written about this far?
1: Oh, <laughs> so, um, so, uh, I I relate this to, it's a personality that I have. Um, So um, my experiences and then my thought process, it's always been something, even as a kid, um, that I've always been trying to put on paper. So I've been writing for, I I mean, I can't can't even tell you when I started. I've been writing for a long time, but it's always like write a little, and then I stop. Write a little bit more, I stop. I buy a new notebook, I write a little bit more, I stop. Um, You know, my wife usually thinks it's funny because if you go into the basement, there's boxes everywhere with posters, notebooks, um, just random papers, napkins, name it. And I I couldn't even tell you what's in the boxes, what I wrote. Um, So it's always been trying to like create, craft a story and create um, a different, I don't want to say, but like I wanted to be able to write something where people could read it and then just have a, a newfound appreciation um, of their own life, right? Mm. So what I put it's funny because um, since I read a lot too, one of the things in one of the books that I read was something like um, like hold yourself accountable. If you're gonna do if you're gonna do something, hold yourself accountable. So mm. I, I put that up there, writer to author on, on Instagram. With with no no actual plan or anything, and I was like, you know what? Like I have like I see it now. I have to act on this at some point. So um, that I might have did that maybe like a year, a year and a half ago, and it stayed up there. And I'm still. I'm always. I mean, I can show you right here. It's like it's my notebook here. I don't know if you see it. Notebooks. I got papers. It's. I always have it. Um. About about a year ago, a little bit less. Um. A good um so um my wife's coworker is uh mark um cagliari um he he's kind of we're, we're kind of on the same so let I me mean, I, I know i'm getting excited so he's actually <laughs> a mixed martial artist a cage fighter uh, like we talked about the martial arts so he's actually yeah. a mixed martial artist and he's a teacher with my wife at the high school so him and I are, are somewhat on the same frequency wavelength, and we got together and were like, yo, let's 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 talk. Let's see if we can get what we have up here and be able to get it down on paper and maybe come up with a book, uh, and then just just see what happens. So we actually started, um, which I can tell you right now, that we actually started eleven, uh, no, yeah, eleven weeks ago. So I have. Uh, and I've been writing and writing writing. So in, in 10 more weeks, I will have a rough draft of the book, which will be essentially a manual that people can, it'll be an easy read that people can read and hopefully inspire them to not completely change their life, but just do something a little bit different to add some more uh, spark into what they're doing. And okay so in a way uh, writer to author is my holding myself accountable. I put it out there on Instagram. now you're calling me out on it, which makes me feel good that I'm somewhat prepared um, I'm somewhat That's making true. the steps towards it
0: so in this process of writing are are you two getting together once in a while and you know or you write you know on and on your own
1: um no we we are we are um he is uh no actually maybe he's past past Bootin. Yeah, it's a little bit past Putin. Um No, what we do is, um, it depends, maybe uh, two times a month, we do a Zoom call, just like we are now. Yeah. Uh, Zoom, like a um, face-to-face conversation. Yeah. And we're both writing, we, we know the parameters, like we know what, where we're uh, headed towards with what we're writing about. So, um, I have, on my end, I'm more of the writer. On his end, he's, Like, he's getting, he's learning to be the writer. Um, And then the whole point is just write. I mean, because the the goal for the book is 30,000 words. My mindset is to write 60,000 words because we're going to have to trim everything off of it to to clean it up, to edit it, to make it nice. So when people read it, it's just not like a ramble, you know, just going on and on. So we're very uh, dedicated, uh, accountable to each other and uh you know like i said we have the deadline's and another 10 more weeks um, so that that's where we are right now with, with the, that'll be my first book i have three other books in here that i need to
0: get out but one cool. at a time cool you know um, let me know when that you know when you will release it and uh, you know I, I i suppose you can buy it from you know on amazon or whatever it's going to be uh, going to be an ebook right
1: um i i want the real book uh, I don't want a real yeah, book. yeah ebook is cool, but i'm I'm a firm and passionate believer in having the books in your hands and reading those pages so I will try just because this is a cool experience I will make sure I will sign one and send it to you
0: cool looking forward to that because you know i I'm, I'm more I'm more of a Kindle guy you know i I was reading books you know uh I consume a lot of books, but you know now I have them on my Kindle yeah, so I which, think that's which, very which, handy.
1: No, I, I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying it's not cool. No, no, no. I'm I understand. Saying, I, I understand like, you know. Yeah. No, I think it's great. Cause think about it. You get to now. You get to carry unlimited books with you, where I'm stuck in my library. I only can read what I have on the shelves.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's cool. So um, you know, you, you're you're actually our our first U.S. guest. You know, we had uh, you know, cool. probably you know so that we spoke to. Uh, up in Canada, but you know, you're, you're the first U.S. guest, so tell us a little bit about, you know, the orbit industry in the U.S. You know, is it big? Is it a lot of competition? You know, is it very regulated? How, how does it work? You know, I've, I've seen some pictures from, you know, from from Instagram, but you know, tell us about the industry, please. <clears throat> yeah, um, well, I,
1: I'm honored to be the first U.S. guest. That's pretty cool. Um, so, it's definitely a big horticultural industry in the U.S. Without a doubt, um, this is my personal view of looking at it. Is it's really big, and there's a lot of people involved. The standards, you know, the um, the standards. The I did the level of safety, the professionalism. I would like to have it way higher than where I. I It feels bad saying it, but most of the industry isn't at a standard I would like to see it at. Uh. So let's just say that's 80%. But there's 20% that are at that standard, that are really trying to push it and be like, listen, we're we're all in the industry together. Let's all be at this standard so we can be obviously be safe. You know what I mean? Because we don't want people to get hurt and stuff. We can also create a fair um, game. You know, cause obviously we're all competitors. We all need to go make money and that's fine, but let's make it fair where we can all charge pretty close in price so that
0: mm.
1: nobody's undercutting. Um, so the, if you look at, and, and this is not, again, this is not about anybody in particular, but if you look at, um, you know, social media, you'll see a lot of a huge range of different kinds of climbers, different levels of experience um you know there's some people that are super safe there's some people that are not safe and the i would assume which is being assuming it's not a good thing to do but i would assume that it's very appealing to a lot of people that it looks like easy money hmm. get a chainsaw get a ladder and hey i can charge x amount of dollars and i can make this money and put it in my pocket and then go away so being that it's so appealing to do that, to like just easy money, the standards are real low, you know, and I'm not saying that we're trying to take anybody out of the industry, but I'd like to get everybody up,
0: you know, yeah, in those understand. standards. Yeah. Understand. So, so, but you know, th- th- there seems to be some regulation at least, right. You know, you, you, you have uh you have a license. So, you know, but you know, it, when, when people are buying those services, they're they're not interested for you know to see that you know the people that are going to perform the work, have you know the the appropriate equipment and you know uh, the licenses that are required. Yeah. So, th- so that's what's really cool about
1: the state that I'm in. Um, uh, just talking about the whole country itself, there's no like law, like general law that says you need to be licensed. This is how you have to do it. Okay. So in a way, if you look at it, at least how I look at it, is that like um, that part is still like a baby. It's learning how to do that. New Jersey, as far as I'm concerned, New Jersey is the only state that was able to get it uh, to, where it's a law that you have to have a license in order to operate in the tree industry, which is awesome. Um, that, and, uh, I became a licensed tree expert. Um, um with the, there's a big family, a big tree company called Aspen Tree Service, and um, Steve Chisholm works there, and he also offers prep classes. So I went to a prep class that was from, I think it was March to j- July. And we met once a week, and the first half was all indoor, learn, learning about the trees, the type of trees, uh, Latin names, uh, disease, pests, fungus, everything. And then the second half is out in the field in all these different mm-hmm. locations throughout the state. And then you take your tests in, in July. A very difficult and hard test. It's been around since 1940. So it's been around a long time. The best way I can describe it for a lot of people that might not be familiar with it is, um, you know what ISA, right? Um, yeah, yeah, sure, you're absolutely, yeah. I, yeah. so ISA, they have their certified arborists, and then they yeah. have a board master certified arborist. Think of the could be LTE like the board master certified us, right? Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Here's,
1: here's the thing though for me is great, you have the law, but now you got to get everybody to follow the law and want to put that time in. So, the yeah. regulation is kind of like a baby right now. Um, and it's getting, it, you know, I think at some point, maybe 10 years, 15 years, it'll get to the point where I think people are going to start getting on board with trying to. Make this a regulation that works for everybody.
0: Yeah, I actually checked out the uh, their their homepage. You know, the New Jersey uh, licensed tree expert oh, cool. homepage, and you know that certification looked very similar to you know the European tree worker. Uh, oh. You have you know you're you're doing a lot of prep work, and you have to work for you know some time before you're going to be eligible for doing the test, right? And then you have you know a, a climb in, in the morning and, and then you do the you know the the, the writing test in the afternoon right that, Well uh
1: we we didn't do a climb we did
0: um an indoor written test in the morning and okay. then an
1: outdoor field portion where you, outdoor, you Yeah we go outdoor to all the field. trees we have to know the latin name we have to know um what what's wrong with it what's obvious um and then uh, remedies for those issues
0: so, so you don't have to show your climbing abilities, or
1: no? So the climbing abilities, um, we do, as far as we, we have um, training that you can get training to do it. But as far as being part of the license, it's not a part of the license. Okay. Like the, the license is more of, like more of the, the brain, like more of like like you oh, you like think about it. If you have somebody who understands the biology of trees and the issues. that person is more likely gonna put the right climber in that tree to achieve the objectives. Where if somebody does not understand about the biology of trees, they're just gonna go up there and just make cuts. So I don't, you know, maybe in the future, they'll make it to where you need to be a climber as you know, in the test. Um, But I think the focal point, just more of making sure the right people are making decisions for the trees. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, I think, you know, the the. European tree working, uh, you know, license and and also the the ISA is a lot of biology as well. Of course, and like you said, you know, funders and so forth. <clears throat> cool. So you, you're also a, a Teufelberger ambassador. You know, how how did that come about?
1: So the uh, so over the years, um, the more I invested in time training for tree climbing competitions, um, that's when you get to you know start to meet people and network. Um, so I started to work with some brands, you know, sometimes we work together, sometimes it didn't work out. Um, one of the brands, um, you know, uh, we have like, a, it's not like an actual contract, but true work was one of the first ones, uh, m- mainly because of the, that's kind of where I got the industrial athlete term from was yeah, okay. Brian, who's the owner of true work at one of the competitions. He saw the videos that I was making and it was like, oh, that's exactly what we're talking about. Somebody who who's wants to do the work but does more to take care of themselves to do it. So um, the more I kept meeting people at, like, um, we have, it's called, um, you, I, so I know you know because I went to, in 2019, I went to um, German Chewy Care Days in Augsburg. Yeah. Okay, so we have TCIA Expo. I don't know you might be familiar with it right yeah I, you know as a matter of fact, I was there myself okay yeah perfect so uh we were at the expo and I was talking to somebody who who I knew on uh social media was uh, uh Brandon Steven and Brandon Steven we were just just talking about stuff and then at the same time, Twyfelberger was doing a um what's it called like a, a like a search a search for ambassadors in the u s and Brandon Stevens like, listen, you got you to gotta fill out the, the, um, the online questionnaire and just send it in. Like, you'll be perfect for that. So I'm like, yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate the compliment. I was like, all right, I'll just do it. So I just did it real quick before we went into the expo. I just did it real quick. Like, hey, this is who I'm about. These are the people I'm working with. This is where, you know, where I see myself in the future. Yeah, cool. um, and then sure enough, I was selected. So I just, it was a cool honor. What's really cool about it is... Um, it came, a, a uh, um, it came with a seriousness. It came with the seriousness as far as um, like we're, we're actually working together to try to get to a better place. Um, but it came with like the 100% of just keep being you. Mm. You know, so it wasn't like change who you are to, to fit our company and vice versa. So uh, so I've been I've, uh, unfortunately uh, while the excitement was great, COVID came. And the virus has messed up a lot of plans that we had, you know, ready to go. So hopefully, you know, later on this year, things will get better. And then we can actually start doing more meet-togethers, more, you know, um, growing and learning
0: together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I think everybody's getting very tired of the COVID right now. You You know, the whole world is upside down, I guess. Yeah, and you know what, I was
1: thinking about this before I came on, and I, so in in the weird way where I was talking about before, like not being able to hear, and all the challenges that I've had to go through growing up, one of the things was, um, I I it's probably not the best analogy, but I was thinking about a dog. Like when you take a dog outside, the dog just wants so bad to sniff everything. Yeah. Right, to, to really like just take everything and sniff it and all that stuff. And I couldn't do that as a kid. Like remember I said I was a good follower. So it was yeah. like, Hey, you, you gotta keep going. Like you gotta get this done because the only way you can be successful is that you gotta do this. So I can never stop to smell the roses, kind of a thing. Right?
0: Okay, um, yeah.
1: so what's interesting is that when COVID hit, in it, some weird ways it feels the same thing where like a lot of people like it, life has been taken away from them. Like, hey, you can't, you can't do this. You have, to, you have to stay in your house. You can't do this, You yeah. can't do that, right? So yeah. what, what's, I'm hoping I'm making a good analogy because I'm looking at it as what happened when I couldn't fit in with hearing, hearing society. I climbed trees. I, I did other things. I, I spent time to learn about myself, um, to be comfortable in my skin, to try to figure things out. And then when this time hit around, when COVID came around, right, right away, I, um, I, my wife and I, we talked and I said, you know what? As far as we know, the world is going crazy and we have to be home. So I literally didn't work out for uh, definitely seven months, seven and a half months. I didn't work out at all. I, I, de- I did my job in climbing trees. But when I came home, I rebuilt the whole backyard to make this really cool compound for kids. I mean, yeah. n- name it, that's where you see me sh- shooting the archery. I have big swings, I got big, um, you know, uh, platforms for the kids, fire pit area, hammock swings, uh, zip line, yeah. name it, you know. <laughs> and it was it yeah. was like, it, it was just interesting that this challenge that we have can be something that we can use for, you know, to use to get ready for, you know, when we're free again, or it can be yeah. something that you can complain about, and you got to yeah. pick one or the other. So, I I know I'm getting like inspirational, but it's just I can't help it. That's how I look at the whole situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. But you know, I think this is getting to people's heads now as well. You know, if if you're if you're on a complete lockdown or you you know you have a curfew from six o'clock and you know, people are used to being out. You know, it, it's uh, it's terrible. You know, it's, it's uh, and it's definitely. it's global, right? So, definitely. Yeah. So
1: I I agree a hundred percent. Just definitely.
0: yeah. Well, you know, you you seem to have a lot of fun on the job. So, uh, what is your best tip for, you know, enjoying your everyday job for the people who are watching? Um, so first and foremost,
1: is enthusiasm.
0: Enthusiasm.
1: Enthusiasm. Um, I think people. Um, well, first of all, like let's imagine. Um. You, you get into it. You're, you're enthusiastic. You're like, yes, I'm gonna push. I'm gonna get to this point. I'm gonna become the best. I'm gonna do a great job and make it whatever it is. You're, you're just you're like a kid again. You're very enthusiastic. I think the challenge becomes after a while is that you lose the enthusiasm, and you're it's work. Like you, you don't get to wake up in the morning and just expect to be enthusiastic. After time passes, you have to work on that. Um, the way there's many ways to. You know, anybody can do whatever they want to do that but the the whole the, the way that i do it is i always try to remember to be grateful gratitude um so you know like i saw a post a while back from a one of uh, a friend of mine who owns a tree service and he was saying that he's just he's just tired of it he's just like i, I lost i lost it i lost the fun i lost the excitement and everything else and it's and that's what I mean by my tip will be you have to work on the enthusiasm. Now, real quick, I just want to make it a point that if people, some people might say, well, how? How do you do that? What is, you know? And it just comes down to that it doesn't mean that you have to be enthusiastic with trees. You know, I don't, I'm not saying if you, if you can't find it in there, that's fine. Keep doing it. Make sure you're safe. But so, I know somebody somewhere has something that they want to do. They want to be passionate about. It could be, you know, a hobby. It could be whatever it is. I would encourage that person to start using that to get the enthusiasm back, and then mm. translate that enthusiasm back into the tree work.
0: That's some good advice there. Uh, thank you for that. So uh, you know, speak, speaking of fun, give us your your funniest job story. I I, 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 you know, I expect you to have a few, but you know, give us give us a funny story.
1: Um. All right, so, um, funny, it's kind of like, this, this is like a twofer. Like, this is like two stories <laughs> in one. Um, th- this is 2000, maybe like 2004, or something like that, when I was working at the municipality. And a good friend of mine, um, uh, J- Jamie F- Firstbaum, him, him and I were working together, we're the same age. And for some reason, we're on, uh, I believe it was lunch break. And I don't even know how it got to it, but we talked about having a tug of war with the rope, you know, who's stronger, you know, just like just two guys who's trying to, you know, flex their muscles. And uh, obviously he's, he's a bigger dude, uh, like, and I don't mean like heavy set. I mean like, he's, he's just naturally taller, um, naturally taller, bigger. And I always have, um, at least I think I always have the fighting spirit that I really don't care about size. So I'm kid, like, yeah, let's do the tug of war. Well. Needless to say, let's just say not only did it just immediately pull the rope, but then drag me across the lawn because I still held <laughs> onto the rope thinking I still had a fighting chance, not even close. Um, the, two, the second part of the story is that um, that day, he also said that, you know, kind of like flexing muscles saying like, it's all about the laps. It's all about the lats. It's all about the rows. When you're pulling those rows, you got to pull the rows. And you know, rows with the dumbbell, just making your, your lap muscles real big. So yeah. it stuck in my head. I was like, you know what? I'll never ever lose in a tug of war ever again. I can't, you know. Uh so I didn't I didn't train to to be good at tug of war, but I always made sure that I had a strong back. Um in 2008, I had an awesome opportunity to be on a TV show called American Gladiators.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I don't are you familiar with it? Or uh, well, not back exactly the, that one, but, you know, we have similar shows
0: here in, in yeah,
1: Europe. Well, back in the 90s, it was very popular. It was called American Gladiator. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, was con- that, yeah. yeah, there were contenders in there, people like my size, that had to go through obstacle courses with these massive dudes, or, yeah, or yeah. even females, too, and, yeah. you know, wanting to rip your head off. So I, yeah. I was able, they, they brought it back for a couple of years, so I was able to get on that show. One of the um, events that I had to do was a tug of war over water with tilting tables. (laughs) I'll I'll actually post it. uh, Maybe if I can find it, I'll post it tomorrow. But uh, I I won. I won that event. And I almost lost. And then I literally had the immediate flashback of being on that front lawn, holding on to the rope, being dragged across the lawn.
0: Well, you know, that's that's not just brute strength. There's a lot of, you know, technique in, in tug war. Say it again? You know, it's not just brute strength. It's, it's it's a lot of technique in, yeah. in tug war, right? A hundred,
1: a hundred percent. There, there, yes. Yeah. And and that goes back to the industrial athlete. Like, you can have the big muscles, but you show up and you don't know how to use them. It, it doesn't make any difference. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. So uh, I think we're getting down to our, our standard question. You know, your, your favorite piece of gear of all time, so why?
1: Um, well, again, I'm going to be cheesy. My favorite piece of gear is my body. That's it. Like, well, I can't do anything if okay. my body's not ready for it. Um, but I will say that um, as far as having fun in a tree, not tree work, as far as just having fun in big, open wide spreading trees with a lot of space in between to swing. Um, Obviously, I climb on a tree motion. I've been climbing on it for, uh, you know, 10 years, nine years. Um, Is the tree motion with the rope runner on any, essentially any rope that has like a little bit of stiffness to it. But with the rope runner, it's, it's the best feeling in the world to jump from one limb especially if you're up high down to a limb lower and just be able to time it right to where you can just slide and then just add that break right when you land right. onto the limb. So I'm gonna go, I, I know it's been said a couple of times, the rope Runner is um, a very popular and favorite tool.
0: Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, you know, we've been waiting for it for some time here. Everything that we sell have to be, you know, C and E and approved so I uh, yeah. yeah, I know. So, uh, well, you know we're getting closer now it's probably going to be uh kind of you know second half of second uh, second half of march okay
1: cool so, uh, awesome yeah,
0: nice yeah. that's exciting forward, yeah. yeah uh i think we're i think we're uh approaching the end here you know uh i'm not sure if we have any questions from from the audience or yeah. no uh... Nothing showing here. Um, okay, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, everybody, everybody, for watching. You know, um, it was Brett uh, was uh, a great conversation. You know, really interesting to hear your insights, and uh, you know, uh, proud of having our first guest on on, on the program. Uh, very interesting. I think a lot of people can learn from from your endurance and your your insights to you know what it takes to to be. You know, reach your goals and and you know be, be uh be safe in your work and and uh, you know be be a happy man, as I I can so see it. you are. No, so I, 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 uh, thank
1: you for having me on. I hope uh, everybody did appreciate it and will appreciate it later on.
0: Yeah, thank you very much to the uh, the Garden State.
1: That's it, Garden State. You got it
0: exactly. <laughs> So, uh, and have a nice uh, weekend, everybody. We'll be back next Friday. Rick, take care. Cool, you too. Have a good day. Cheers, bye. All right, see you later. Bye.